Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Unlimited. Today, we are talking more about money, but not just talking, coaching. I put out a call a little bit ago saying, hey, does anyone want to do any work around money mindset? And one of my current clients actually reached out and she said, I know we've done a lot of work around this, but I would love to do more work. (laughs) So can I sign up? And I said, yes, absolutely. Let's do this. This client is a mom to a preschooler, a wife to a recently naturalized United States citizen, and came to me when she was trying to figure out what to do as she was burning out in corporate. Yet at the time, she was also the sole breadwinner for her family. If you are a mom who has worked in corporate, you are likely going to recognize some of the toxic dynamics that this client has encountered in the corporate space. And actually, if you are anyone who has been in the corporate space, you are likely to recognize some of these dynamics because really they're toxic for all of us. There are ways that we have learned to be and internalized and normalized that actually are extremely unhealthy for us. I saw a great meme that wasn't attributed to anyone in particular, but it describes what internalized capitalism looks like. And it is feeling guilty for resting. Your self-worth is largely based on doing well in your career, placing productivity before health, believing that hard work equals happiness feeling lazy even when you're experiencing pain, trauma, or adversity, using busyness as a way to avoid your needs. I know that I personally have experienced these dynamics and had to do a fair amount of my own unlearning around them, and you will definitely be hearing some pieces of that process in this episode things along the lines of learning not to place value on income, fear of disappointing family who has their own stories around money and security and value from their own experiences, learning to identify and choose your beliefs around money so that while money is important, you're not allowing that story to control you. You are in charge of the story. So money is used as a tool rather than as a dictator. Unlearning the story of money has to be hard and recognizing the effort is different than suffering. And also that there is value in doing things that don't make money, that not everything that we do has to relate to how much money we make in order to make it worth doing. This client also mentions having done a vision board workshop with me a while back and how pivotal it was for her to clarify that vision. There is still time to sign up for the vision board workshop I am doing this Friday. So... If you are interested, follow the link in the show notes, or if you follow me on social media, I've got it all in the places for that. But it is this Friday at one o'clock, and we are going to be not doing future manifestation visualization stuff, but more the journey, visualizing the journey. You'll hear more 
about that in this episode, but who do you want to be? How do you want to show up to life? What impact do you want to make? Those questions that allow you to create an alignment with your present into the actions that you take that build your future. And that's what this workshop is all about. So if that's of interest, definitely sign up if this time does not work for you or there is some reason why you cannot make it and money cannot be it because this is a pay what you can workshop. (laughs) So if there's another reason why you can't make it, send me a message and let me know you are interested. If I get enough messages saying, yes, we want this, then I will do another one. I will make this happen again. So don't be a stranger. Reach out and let me know. And without further ado, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Valerie Friedlander, Certified Life Business Alignment Coach, and this is Unlimited. This podcast bridges the individual and the societal, scientific and spiritual, positive and negative, nerdy and no, there's just a lot of nerdy. (laughs) Come on board and let's unlock a life that's as badass as you are. If you were to have an aha that moves you forward in this session, at the end of the session, what would you say had happened? I would say a certain mental freedom around the conversations about money in my head. Mm-hmm. What does that look like to you? Um The first thing that pops to my mind would be not placing my value on my salary or my income. I think that's probably one of the bigger things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one for (laughs) anyone living in a capitalist society. (laughs) It's a core component of it. So if, you didn't do that if you were not placing your value on your salary or how much money you were bringing in what would be different for you i think what would be different would be um just feeling better about myself um there would just be a, a mental freedom around it <laughs> i don't know how else to i don't know if that answers your question um and usually it gets triggered usually around family. <laughs> mm-hmm. In the past, I would I would have shut down in front of family when things come up like, oh, you need to make more money or you really need to watch your money. You know, there's always, <laughs> there's a lot of money conversations in my family. Um, and I know, you know, why that is. But nowadays I'm more apt to say something versus like, my inner child would have shut, just shut down completely, but it still makes me feel some kind of way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still there for me in terms of, oh, like, why can't they see that? You know, when I was making money, I wasn't happy. And like, it's not, it's not everything, right? And then disassociating myself from, from that. Like, I think that's the hardest for me is just kind of not caring so much about what my family thinks. I don't know if that's the, mm-hmm. that's part of the freedom. Well, you said something just now, like it makes you feel some kind of way. What way does it make you feel? Maybe it makes me feel like, 
like I've disappointed them somehow in the choices that I've made. And that being, you know, I left a pretty well-paying job. I mean, it wasn't like, it was always not enough for them, right? But for me, it was plenty, you know, Mm -hmm. supported my family of three for many years. But it wasn't something that I, you know, enjoyed. It was something that I totally grew out of. And, you know, I made the decision to leave. And I was still able to support my family, um, you know, based upon some savings. But I think they thought I was really crazy, you know. And so money conversations still come up because, you know, now I'm home taking care of my child versus in corporate world making a salary. Mm-hmm. I wonder when you say that, you know, the the trigger is that you disappointed them. That's the thought that happens when they bring it up. How true do you think that is? I mean, they've never said that. I guess that's a story that I tell myself. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've never said we're disappointed in you. It, it's the feeling of not enough. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't... Like, you know, whatever it was, like, I wasn't, I wasn't that enough, maybe smart enough or didn't work hard enough or yeah, there's something there with that, that triggers me about that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, which then makes me feel like I've disappointed them in some way, even though they haven't said that. Yeah. Well, anytime you feel like you are not enough, that's not going to feel very good. And if it's triggered by people that you care about that make sense that that story would start to play or that it would push that inner critic message that you've taken on because that's the society we live in that basically is constantly saying that to be enough, you need to make money when there's actually never an enough that's identified. It's just work hard. (laughs) That's, that's all we're supposed to do because it fits the system. I wonder when they say, when, when they bring it up, when they bring up money, if it's not disappointment, what is more likely the reason they're bringing it up? Concern, for sure. My husband and I have essentially traded roles as of a few months ago in terms of, you know, now I'm staying home and he's he's out working because he's able to work now. And, um, you know, I know there's concern there because there's still now only the one salary. I think, I think you know, for the longest time they thought, oh, he's going to be able to work soon. Then they'll have two salaries and they'll be fine. I don't know. But I was like, nope, I'm burnt out. I need some time off. And my husband was totally fine with the swap. We had to talk about that. Like, hey, we're going to be on one salary again for a while. You know, I think they're they're just concerned, right? Mm-hmm. Because my father grew up super, super poor. So I know that for him, that's the reason there's always a money conversation. Like literally, like running through his mind, I would dare, I would even say like almost 24-7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like every conversation we could be watching a dance video on YouTube and it'll be like, I wonder how much they make. And I'm like, why, you know? Um, And I get it, you know, but I've I've never realized how much that conversation was there in his head until my adulthood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We we pick up a lot of the stories that our parents have generational stuff around money is a big one. So knowing that it's concerned, but what triggers for you is, not being good enough. What do you believe about money? Ooh, what do I believe about money? Um, well, I believe it makes things easier. Not having to worry about it in a sense, right? When you have it, you don't have to worry about it as much in terms of, oh, am I going to make the bills, you know, mm-hmm. past this year if I'm not working, that type of thing. Um, what else do I believe about money? Um, 
Well, let me ask it this way. What's the story that you have about you and money? I would say it's, it's been definitely difficult for me in regards to like, if I'm not doing something to make money, I feel like I'm not being, I don't know, productive is the right word, but like, I'm not contributing. Okay. And that ties in with the not being enough. Right? I'm not doing enough. If I'm not doing something to make money, then I'm not doing enough. Therefore, I am not enough. Right. Again, I wonder within this, say money was a person, what would you say about your relationship to money? Like there's a lot of stories, for example, around money of it's evil, it's hard to get, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. There's like a lot of social stories and there's definitely some stories that you have from your family. But if, yeah. if there was like a, a definition of like, this is where my relationship is with money right now. We, uh, we need some therapy. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, well, I know at one point I did have a story that money needed to be hard because I remember you asking me because uh-huh. I was in that job, like l- literally felt like I was suffering in this job I had. Like, wh- why was I suffering? You know, where did I see that money had to be so hard? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I never thought about like that. You know, it does. Yeah, I saw my parents work like a hundred hours a week, you know, owning a restaurant, just working, working, working and not enjoying it. It wasn't, it wasn't by choice. It was something that they did to pay for their family and they, they did well, but they worked so much. And that's kind of what I, I think I thought, like, you just got to kind of like hunker down and do what you need to do, even if you don't love it, because that's what's going to pay your bills. And that's, that's, what's going to have you get what you need to get, I guess. How much is that still the story? It kind of goes back and forth, to be honest. Like, I do believe that it does take work if you want to be successful in terms of finance. But I don't believe that you have to do something that you don't necessarily want to do to do it. Like, it's just a matter of finding what that thing is and and dedicating yourself to it. And maybe that doesn't even bring you the money you think you're going to make. But like, I guess that's kind of where I'm at right now is, you know, when I left, I really wanted to explore a creative side. And like, I grew up being told that you, that you don't do creative things for work. You know, you don't make money being an artist or whatever it is. So it was never even considered when I was in school. It was, you go to business, you study business, or you go into finance, you know, and that's where the money is. And now you know, I obviously see very creative people. There's lots of different ways to make money while being creative. But I do believe that there is dedication that's involved still to it. Like it's not just something that happens overnight. So one of the things within that aspect is like, what is work? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. we have stories around what work is that sounds like it's tied to what you have experienced of. It's one thing to put effort into something like it takes effort but do you have to hate work? Like, what is the story around work? <laughs> yeah, 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 no. Um, yeah, 
I mean, in all my previous jobs, there was always positives around it, right? But eventually I grew to a place where I was like, oh, I can't do it anymore for whatever reason. And I would stick around way longer than I really should have because I would just dread going in. You know, I would get like the pits Sundays. Um, I would have nightmares. Like I would just, you know, I would just stay way longer than I really needed to. I think because I just never knew what I wanted to jump to next. It took me forever. But I would hang on for at least another year with those pits in my stomach before I could move on. And now, you know, I I do do things that I enjoy, you know, on the side. They're not like a full-time thing, but, you know, with selling my Stella and doing kind of more creative things via Etsy and Redbubble, I do enjoy those. I just, I haven't, you know, with, with the last year, it's, it's, that's been very unexpected. I thought I would have been creating more while my kid was in daycare. But when we took him out of daycare, you know, it was mom that kind of stepped in. And I don't know, like, it was kind of like I was back in survival mode. You know, I didn't feel that creativity come through, like I had really expected to, to kind of put those consistent efforts into that type of thing. And so I feel like I'm looking for work that doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that, if, uh, you know, how it used to feel, right? Like things that I actually enjoy doing, not necessarily for the money, but, you know, it's something that can produce some form of income. It's possible, right? Um, but it's definitely not like a consistent paycheck like I was used to. Yeah. So there are a couple components that I'm hearing here within the inner critic message, the stories around value and money, like your value and money. I'm also hearing potentially a block around money in that, how likely is it that the story that you currently hold is that money is abusive? I don't know. Abusive to me sounds very harsh. It does sound harsh, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, I I ask that because the pursuing of money, both in your family's history and your history now, has led to a lot of suffering, it sounds like. While it's helped with certain components that you value in your life, and that your family values, you've watched that work cause harm in your health yeah, and drain you and be exhausting. So if we go back to that, looking at like, if money was a person that you yeah. had in a relationship with, it sounds yeah. kind of abusive. Yeah. And you know, I, when I look back on that too, it's so true because I think the the needle in the haystack with all those health issues was when my boss, I had changed what I was doing within the department. He started bringing, and no one else was doing this job. Like essentially we created a new role when I got back from my maternity leave. And he said, well, because you're no longer doing this job, but you're doing that job, we potentially might need to lower your salary. Oof. And <laughs> that was like... I think that was just the, it was like an arrow through my heart, really, right? Like what I heard was, we don't value the work you're doing and therefore we're going to pay you less. And he's like, but I'm not sure. I just, he's like, I just want to warn you that that's a possibility because you're still getting paid 
at this point and you're not doing that type of work anymore, which what I heard was the work that I'm doing now is less valuable, even though I was still using a lot of the knowledge from that last job into that, you know, I was basically supporting that department in the new role. And um, I didn't realize at the time, but I think that was really like the triggering point to like my migraines. I literally thought I was dying, Valerie. Like it was so painful. You know, I couldn't get out of bed some days. Ugh, I'm like trying not to think about it. But it was so, yeah, you know, when you, when you talk about the abuse of, you know, how much stress that caused, especially since I was supporting the family, it just made me feel like the whole not enough thing yeah. came up for me at that point and enough to make me burn out. Yeah. Like that was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it did. Having someone say, well, we've decided you're not valuable enough for the money that you're already working really hard for would be really painful. Yeah. And um, the irony in that is that when I was giving my notice, um, like a week before I gave my notice, they're like, oh, by the way, don't worry about the salary conversations we've been having. You don't need to worry about that anymore. (laughs) What? Like, I mean, it literally had been tearing at me at my health for like six, I don't know, at least six months. It felt like forever, but it was done at that point. It it was like, I was done. I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were, you were drawn on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Or thrown onto an emotional roller coaster relating to your ability to be okay. And as a, as a person, and also as a, someone who's taking care of your family. So yeah, yeah, naturally that would be exhausting and most people would be done with that. (laughs) So I, I wonder within that, when you say you've had your value placed on your salary, so having someone else be in charge of your value would naturally create a sense of being out of control. I wonder what you would like to believe about your value and what it's based on. Mm. So if it wasn't based (laughs) on somebody Um, else's decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's the crazy thing. You know, sometimes I look back on that time now, you know, because I feel like I am in a, a, I've, we've done enough work to where I'm. Wait a minute. Or I'm not experiencing those migraines anymore. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Um, and I, and I look back and I'm like, you know that that's what needed to happen. I always go back to what I learn now is that I do want to be more creative. I wasn't doing that. I was fighting that for a long time, and I did everything I was supposed to do. I went to school. I got a good bank job and I advanced up to management and I got a bigger bank to manage. And then I went to a startup and grew with the startup. And then we got sold off and went to grad school. And, and I was like, no, this is, I just, I've always felt a need to be more creative and I'm not going to have money now be that stopper for me. You know, obviously I know that I, I do feel very grateful now that I 
have, you know, a salary coming in for me to be able to explore this, my husband. And I don't know if I'm answering a question. I think I've been just rambling, but. Well, what you just identified was you followed the rules really yeah. well. You did the things you were supposed to do yeah. to be valuable. Yeah. Yes. And then you were told, I don't know how, I don't know if you're really valuable because the value is based in your ability to follow the rules and then you should get the reward, but you didn't get the reward. Not only did you not get the reward, you burnt yourself out in the process of not getting the reward. So naturally that's going to feel really. Yeah. Well, I think what, what's left for me is like, you know, like kind of almost like getting off that path of whatever that was. I just feel like I'm like with a shovel digging a new path where maybe my parents are on this other path. Like, where are you, where's she going? You know, she's going into the forest. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's dark in there. I mean, it's, it's a different path. It's not familiar and unfamiliar usually naturally triggers some fear Yeah, because that's how our brains are wired. Yeah. So if you're trailblazing, right, you're, you're going on a different path. The last path you went on was the rules. It was the paved path that followed the rules and totally did not take you where you wanted to go. And the journey sucked. So what is this new path? Yeah, this new path is, it's me deciding how my day goes. It's not reporting to anyone. It's me just having freedom, really, to create and to spend time with my family. It's, I feel like my own authentic self, you know, like not doing things because I was supposed to do things this way, but really like living my own life and creating with my family and enjoying and just being present and enjoying. Yeah. So the other path, the paved path was uncomfortable to travel on. And the destination was a dead end or barreling into a brick wall. Yeah. If you were to describe this path, what's the destination on this path? Ooh, I see flowers. (laughs) I see like me walking through an enchanted forest, not knowing like what's going to come at me. Um, Like, is it going to be unicorn? Is it going to be like berries? (laughs) Like, I guess I see it more as like an adventure. Like, I don't know exactly what to expect, but I know that it's got to be better than what I was on before. Like, there's no doubt because that path I was on before was literally killing me. Yeah, there were great parts to it, great people, but it was not feeding my soul. And I guess that's the other path essentially is something that just feeds my soul. Doesn't suck at my energy in the way that the other path did. You know, one of the things that I remember you telling me that was so key to me, which I didn't even think about was there are things that you do, like things take energy, right? Like it takes energy to go to work versus, you know, it takes energy to do something fun like dance, but there are things that give back to you and there are things that just suck from you. And, you know, and that's always stuck in my head. I can go back to that life. I could easily find another job really quickly back in that finance world, right? But then I also think like, oh, that 
that just did not give me life. It just gave me a paycheck, you know, but it sucked my soul out of me is how I felt, you know, or I can go down this path, you know, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing the fine, you know, if there's any financial reward, but, you know, at least it's like feeding my soul along the way. And I do still, occasionally I still get job, um, what do you call listings, you Mm -hmm. know, into my inbox, you know, and I'll look at them and then I just, and then it just reminds me of it reminds me of how it was, you know, the lack of freedom I felt and, and I just, I shut it down, you know, (laughs) but yeah, so I'm staying on this new path for now. Maybe if something super interesting were to come up where it would get my creative juices going, but most of those job descriptions are not, not that way, you know? So what I'm hearing within this is that this new path is a magical adventure that takes effort to walk down while it does also feed your soul. The other path was abusive and it was essentially money in exchange for your soul. Yeah, it was definitely soul sucking. I wonder on this new magical adventure path, what role does money play? Ooh, I imagine that it's like, I can see a stack of bills flying around <laughs> the air with little angel wings. <laughs> I just have to move my little money net. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, at this point, I'm not placing pressure on myself I want it to be more of, you know, whatever comes along my way, I don't have to make money from it. Whereas before I'm like, oh, can I make money from doing that? Now it's more of, you know what, let me just create this thing because I like creating it and it's fun for me and it's available online if people want it, but I'm not going to put my place, my value on whether or not someone buys it. So I think that's been really helpful. One of the things that you said just a little bit ago was about contributing. Yeah. That if you weren't making money, then you weren't a productive member of society. I think contribution is a huge thing for me in general. So I'm wondering within this is you are trading your soul for money because money is how you can contribute. That was a big right? thing, you're supposed yeah. to, your value is on your ability to contribute. If you don't have money, you're not contributing. Yeah. It was kind of the tie-ins. Does that sound like, like it? Yeah. yeah. That was like my contribution to the family. <laughs> so you were contributing money. What do you want to contribute? Uh, wow. What do I want to contribute? I think like when I think of it, the end goal really is just, a happy family. Like I want to contribute to a happy family. I've never really thought about the connection, you know, why, but yeah, that's a good question. So part of what I'm hearing was the, there was a disconnect. There was a misalignment with the previous work in that you were not able to contribute to a happy family. You were doing what you were supposed to do to contribute to, to make what you were supposed to make, which was supposed to be the right contribution. But what you wanted was to contribute to a happy family. 
Yeah. And, and I've even, I mean, I know that's, that's the primary focus, but then what radiates from that and what I know of you too, is to happiness in, in the world, you know, your dedication to supporting other women entrepreneurs and especially moms and other artists, there's a desire to contribute in a way that feeds joy and healing and, and growth in the world. When you were doing that job and your value is based on your income because that was what you should contribute, what you actually wanted to contribute, which is your soul to your family and to the world, your yeah. bright, beautiful soul was being sucked into the job. You were contributing that to that particular job. Yeah. Yeah. Which left me very little energy for when I got home. In this new world that you're creating and who knows what it will contain. This can be, can continue being entrepreneurship. It could be taking a job, any of those things, but it sounds like this touchstone for you is what are you contributing? Yeah. You know, and that's the focus. The focal point is on what do you want to contribute and it's both contribute and what feeds you. Yeah. Which is your joy. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how does this feed my joy and allow me then to contribute more joy? Yeah, because when mom is not happy. <laughs> Ain't nobody happy. <laughs> and that's one of the, the big issues and in, in the stories in our society is that it will be happy when we have money, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And I can tell you from people that I've worked with and just looking at the world. That's not true. It's not true. Uh, But as you said, it definitely does make it easier. So in this new path, what does contribution look like? I mean, the money is catching the money butterflies. Yeah. What what does that do for you? So, and I think COVID has had a lot to Mm -hmm. do with kind of my new thoughts of contribution is what I see is just contributing to whatever little ways, like even, you know, if it's contributing to being there for friends, having kind of those deeper connected relationships with people, helping somehow make a difference um, in their lives, whether it be just feeling like I'm a person that's there to support them. I think that's kind of where I'm at currently contributing to maybe even awareness of, you know, issues going on that maybe, you know, people, like, I feel like I have a pretty wide circle of people I know, you know, if I can contribute to maybe their knowledge of some of the issues that are going on in the Asian community, for example, mm-hmm. that type of thing, you know, I'm kind of thinking now, on that level. And then also, you know, contributing to my four-year-old, like as a child myself, I never got this amount of time with my parents, you know, and I think it's, it's been hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also been, <laughs> but I also know that, wow, like it's, it's such a precious time, you know, that I've gotten to spend with him. And I know that he'll be in school in, you know, in a year or so. So this could be kind of (laughs) one of the the last years where he's with me all the time. (laughs) 
everywhere. <laughs> there's a it's a mixed bag there. <laughs> I have this visualization as you were talking about this of the causes that you care about, the people that you care about, your family on this magical adventure where you get to fill up your watering can and they're like the the flowers along the road Mm -hmm. and you're choosing what you water with that watering can and the um the money butterflies like the flowers (laughs) so you're watering the flowers and the money butterflies just kind of fly around you know like i think about like a butterfly garden right it's like you're what you're choosing the the plants to to water and that sounds like that new relationship with mm-hmm. money. Yeah. <laughs> within, like within that, right? Like, that sounds lovely. <laughs> like, I, a lot better than the, uh, the asphalt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I wonder with that, going back to the trigger, when your family is talking about money and their fear of money, fear related to the, the security around that. And they're like, but this asphalt is safer, right? <laughs> Like it's known, we know what the asphalt looks like. It's safer and it triggers your own fears around maybe I'm not being good enough. It brings you back to the asphalt. It brings you back to that. Maybe I wasn't strong enough to drive on the asphalt, but maybe I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be stronger or, or handle this asphalt smarter. What do you want to remember when they bring that up? Yeah. What do I want to remember? Oof. Not that I want to remember how painful it was, but. <laughs> well, that's because that's pulling you to that space where you yeah. are victim of the stories and the rule book that yeah. says we have to play by this way in order to be successful, in order to be good people and all of that. That's all those social stories. What do you not necessarily remember about that, but what do you want to remind yourself about your choices now? That. Deep inside, I know that I've made the right choice. You know, when I listen to my intuition, I know I would not want to go back there, period. And I think a reminder to my parents that, you know, without feeling triggered is that I know that they're concerned. (laughs) You guys are concerned. (laughs) I'll be okay. We'll be okay. (laughs) Um, It's, you know, I know it comes from a place of concern. But I'm not, you know, I'm just envisioning myself kind of like skipping down with my watering pot now down the the enchanted forest. (laughs) But I'm I'm so much happier than I was, you know, back then. So, so, so much happier. There's so much more freedom in what I'm looking for. You know, when we did that vision board exercise workshop, I feel like this is the path, like this is the new path to that vision board, you know, that freedom and that um, lightness and me being me and, and, you know, I'm able to breathe (laughs) down that path. Okay. So when your family brings it up, because that's the main trigger, whether it's out loud or, or in your own head, however feels right to you saying, I appreciate the concern. Appreciate that you care about me, and I know what's best. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, 
My happiness is what allows me to both contribute and receive money. Mm -hmm. Because you're watering the plants that attract the butterflies. Yeah. I'm not lying in bed with migraines all day. (laughs) Lying in bed with migraines. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. All right. How's that feel? Good. Yeah. I love this vision. I love the vision. I like, I can see this vision. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I always like it when the, you know, like that, I get a picture as somebody's talking. It's like, oh, I feel like I need to go buy a big watering flower pot now for my yeah. flower arrangements, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, that you're doing that work around flowers. Yeah, yeah, just for fun, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like when you're listening to your intuition, you're drawn to the things that you are best able to contribute to. And when you're open to receiving return from that, and that's where, you know, some of the, some of the work we may continue to do is around money's relationship because oftentimes if you've been burned you're wary around receiving again because if you receive it could turn into the asphalt Mm -hmm. right so that might create some resistance to receiving money from the the work that you do or from considering if you decided you wanted to work in a company or a community or whatever, like instead of just for yourself, if you decided to do that, could put up blocks to you finding something that would fit within that kind of collaborative space because of the fear of it turning abusive. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. where going back to the freedom part, you are always in charge of this. You are always the one who gets to decide how you contribute and what's aligned. You are no longer at the mercy of someone else saying, I don't know if it might not be valuable enough. It might not be worth what you're putting into it. You're no longer at the mercy of that. You get to decide your value. You're, you're in charge. Yeah. And I should mention, I, um, there's also the freedom of now knowing that, you know what? I can leave. Like I don't have to stick exactly. around. <laughs> Which I don't know why I stuck around for so long before, but you know, it doesn't have to be another seven-year job. So yeah. we get locked into rules when we start playing by the rules and we're surrounded. I mean, it's I've been using this analogy a lot recently in general, but like if you're a fish in a pond that's full of microplastics, you can't help absorbing the microplastics. Yeah. It's hard to notice things like that when you're in it, when you're surrounded by it, when it's kind of embedded in us. And that's the way a lot of these stories are in our society. So once you see them, then you can kind of go, oh, that's the story. And you know how it feels because you're when your parents are talking about money and pulling the fear around it, you feel that. So where do you feel that trigger in your body? Um. I would say probably like my lungs, like mm-hmm. breathing wise, like, like being able to breathe, um, mm-hmm. without feeling anxious you know, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Right on the chest. Mm-hmm. So when you are participating in 
the spaces that you exist, the magical adventure, and you're not triggered and you know that there's a flow there, you're contributing, you're receiving. How does that feel differently? Oh, it's just a lightness. Like I can breathe. Like there's not something heavy sitting in my chest Mm -hmm. blocking my air. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing to notice is how your body stands when you're in that space. Like just notice where your what's going on with your body. Because if you're starting, that's that survival mode. Usually our our shoulders roll forward and we start to curve in our chest. And so that Mm -hmm. can play in with our brains processing there's danger here. And even just opening yourself up and like taking a breath and kind of rolling your shoulders back and kind of bring that energy down Mm. and rooting it in the present moment Mm -hmm. can help release some of that trigger as well as noticing when you're doing something that pulls that in, looking at what's happening here. Like what am I getting a message for that's creating this pressure and the survival. It could be the way you're thinking about it, but it could also be a misalignment with the activity. Mm-hmm. So exploring that. All right. Okay. Very cool. Thanks, Valerie. I had a follow-up call with this client the other day where I checked in to see how things were going and what had shifted in terms of the mental freedom that she had been looking for in this episode. And she let me know that, one, the visualization has been highly inspirational for her in terms of engaging in a way that felt aligned for her. She also was able to have a conversation with her parents when they brought up the money dynamics and not be triggered about it, where their stories and their stuff was about them. And she was able to just say, we're good. And I'm glad that this is what I'm doing right now. And it got let go. They moved on. I hope you found some helpful nuggets to take away to apply to your own life. Final reminder that the visioning workshop is this Friday. So if you are interested, be sure to sign up ASAP. If you want to attend but can't for some reason, be sure to reach out. Send me a message. Send me a DM send me an email, whatever, just let me know because if there is enough interest, I would be happy to host another one. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. I will see you all next time. Thanks for listening. I so appreciate you being here. If you got something out of today's episode, please share it. Leave me a review, take a screenshot and post it on social with a shout out to me. Send it to a friend or, you know, all of the above. Want to hang out more? Join me on Instagram. Or better yet, get on my mailing list to make sure you don't miss out on anything. And remember, your possibilities are as unlimited as you are. Allow yourself to shine, my friend. The world needs your light. See you next time.